Welcome to the Art of Faith podcast by Granite Creek Studios. I'm Pastor Joshua Kapchinski and my friend, co-host... Soon to be the retired <laughs> Pastor Joel Fairley as of July 31st, 2022 right. at the First Baptist Church of Claremont. Counting the days. Counting the days. Congratulations. Not to say goodbye to my church, yeah. but necessarily to move on to something else, to be an artist and an author full-time. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh. All right. Today, we're going to, uh, ironically, uh, we're going to be talking about the art of revelation, the art of the end times. And I want to preface this that um, every every year I read through Revelation and kind of study end times a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I am not a... Um, I'm not a fanatic of of end times prophecy. You're not a student of eschatology. I'm not. I'm not an armchair student. I, I, I like to read it. I like to try to understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be transparent, whenever I'm reading Revelation, I don't necessarily get excited. Mm-hmm. And I and I have friends that are really excited about eschatology mm-hmm. and excited about end time stuff. And I actually had lunch with one today and I and I just I'm like, okay, so why why are you excited about it? And he's like, well, because despite all this bad stuff, God wins. Mm-hmm. And so I'm actually doing a series um I'm doing a series on Art of Faith mm-hmm. and I'm doing Art of Revelation, mm-hmm. the three part series and inside of a series. And I didn't think I was going to do Revelation. I mean, it's a, it's probably the most popular series right now for pastors and churches. It seems like you drive yeah. down the street and everybody's got a, a series on yeah. the end times at the I, moment. I felt I needed to do a Bible study on it, yeah. and I did. Yeah. You know? Um, I didn't. So I didn't want to do a study on end times, but it was just one of those... It, Do you like know it, why you didn't want to? That's a great question. <laughs> probably because I'm rebellious and I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. Okay. So that's probably the heart of it right there. It's like, well, everybody's doing it, so therefore I'm, I am not, not going to do, do that. Yeah, yeah, you're a maverick, so man. That, that's probably, honestly, yeah. what was going on. But I, I would probably say, too, it's... Um, Eschatology is 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 not my expertise. Mm-hmm. Here's the interesting thing: is that I've had people prophesy over me that I should have an eschatology ministry. Yeah, and I'm like, no, that's not me. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather have a healing ministry. I'd rather have mm-hmm. a teaching ministry. I'd rather, mm-hmm. you know, be more pastoral. Mm-hmm. Like that, that. I've never. I, I just. I'm not attracted mm-hmm. to, you know, end times prophecy ministries per se. You know. Let me. Let me just. Let me just say something. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, um, and I'm. I'm gonna embarrass you, but I don't really care. Yeah, I know you don't care right now. No, we don't. I'm, I'm <laughs> short. <laughs> um, the things that you just articulated, what you do, you are. You are amazing at. I have I have sat back and admired how attentive and a 
affectionate you are to your church oh. and the people in your church. To me, as I've, I've, as I've watched you, I've seen you, I've seen you run into people from your church casually and intentionally, and you treat them with honor and respect oh. and like they count. Because, you know, there's some pastors... Yeah, <laughs> there's some pastors who, who say, "Oh, not this in my head, not this clown again," you know. Um, sorry, God forgive me for that. But your attitude towards your church and towards, towards, the people that God has sent you to minister to, is exceptional. Just exceptional. Oh, thank you, thank you, Joel. And I think you're just one of the best pastors I've ever known. <laughs> And if I wasn't moving to San Jose, I'd probably retire. I said, I'd say, sweetie, we're going to Granite Creek. Yeah. Josh is our pastor. Yeah. Do artwork for Granite Creek. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I yeah, I, to answer your, your other question, I, I don't know why I was not wanting to go down that path. And I think, so somebody else helped me with this this week, another uh, parishioner, in that you need to, He's like, wow, Pastor Josh, you're 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 dealing with some heavy material, and you know, if taken the wrong way, it's gonna come off as feeling condemning. Mm-hmm. And he says, you're doing it the right way by presenting it through a lens of love. And so, like, I didn't even realize that that was how he was receiving it. And mm-hmm. that's and that is, um, and I think, you know, if I can present this material through the eyes of God's love, mm-hmm. then I think it will be. I think that's empowering, yeah, and and grace filled, and not so. You know, it's the end of the world. I I I think that that is. I one of the the, the thoughts. Yeah, I think I I would I would tend to agree with that as well. the The reason why I don't necessarily preach about Revelation or talk about Revelation. Um, in in the pulpit, but I yeah. told you that I have talked, I have preached through the seven churches, which yeah. I think is the key, the absolute key to understanding Revelation and what's going on. Absolute key. So, uh, but I, the, my problem with Revelation, especially with how it has been taught, I there is Jesus's words in the back of my head saying. Nobody knows. Yeah, of course. Nobody knows. Yeah, and, and, it and is... when, but when somebody tries to predict and say these are the events, I'm, I feel like I'm stepping into territory that is not mine, yeah. and I don't want to lead anybody astray. I think that that is such a healthy position to take on it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the evangelist Johnny Smith, this banner behind it, mm-hmm. behind you here. Yeah. So that's my grandfather, and he was, he was at the Nuremberg trials. Whoa. Yeah. So he was in Israel, sitting in the seats, watching Eichmann, you know, be tried by the Jewish people. So he was there, and so and he was there in 1948. Mm-hmm. He was convinced 
that 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 was it. You know, he 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 was convinced that okay, so this is the generation Israel has returned. That prophecy has been fulfilled. Mm. It's on like Donkey Kong, and he did he did a deep dive into Revelation and Daniel, you know, in his bedroom. He also, had the chart. He had the charts. He had his <laughs> own charts. He had his own artwork. You know, so he he actually he actually painted this himself. Wow. And so he had so that was kind of like in this style. He had the charts from floor to ceiling. Mm. So kind of an eccentric uh, bedroom, mm-hmm. you know, with with all the. Mm-hmm. I wish I. I, I I kept it because you know it was the big on it was a full-on statue the Babylonian statue with the <laughs> bronze feet and all it was so cool wow and he was convinced that he would see the return of the Lord and you know it was just it was it wow. was a little hard at the end of his life and then of course he slipped into Alzheimer's and dementia mm. and so that was that was hard to watch. Yeah. Because, you know, it just, I think he even had some dates picked out of when it was going to be. I, I yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's it's hard. And so I, I when people get into the, the predictions, like we know the seasons, but I've got these set of dates or I've got this date range and... You know, we got a blood moon, so that means it's going to happen. And a nod, and and they, you know, it seems like to cover cover themselves. They they give, but ultimately, God. Yeah, yeah. And I understand the impulse to go in those directions Uh because it gives us a sense of control to be able to know the future. Yeah. And yeah, like I want to know the future because then I can have some some control over you know I can, I can either have some inside knowledge or and I, I I think Revelation is confusing for a reason. Oh, I think it. I, I think it's intentionally written by the Holy Spirit to where we don't know what the is, heck is going on. Let's put it this way. Yeah, it is the to me to me. This is what I believe yeah. and understand. To me, it is the Jackson Pollock of oh, Holy sure. Scriptures. I, I, it's it's the Hieronymus Bosch of Holy Scriptures. It is. It, uh, it's it's this it's this um, imagery strong, oh, vivid, beautiful, beautiful imagery. Yeah. I mean, when you when you start when he starts naming the horses, you yeah. can see them. Oh yeah, the pale rider. Yeah yeah. All right, so let's talk about let's look let's show our first image. Let's jump into that. Since okay. You it up. Okay. So um, the the uh, was it chapter four I think of Revelation. Yeah. Um, chapter, chapter three. Chapter three. Chapter yeah. Chapter no. Chapter four is because yeah. chapter three it has the final vision of Christ, and it ends the the church's narrative. Okay. So the four horsemen of the apocalypse mm-hmm. they're in line with the four breaking of the the first the breaking of the first seals the, yes. the first of the seven seals yes and from the, you know from the eschatological study of it it is the beginning of what we call the tribulation the great tribulation so these four horsemen are unleashing the tribulation mm-hmm. 
Now, there's the different camps. Like, I, I, I know what camp I want to be in, but I don't really know what camp I'm in, just to be frank. But when you speak of camps, pre-trib. Pre-trib, post-trib. Post-trib, mid-trib. Mid-trib. Yeah. So, traditionally, I've been raised and prefer pre-trib rapture. Okay. But okay. I, I don't know. I, I've gone back and forth. I don't times. know. I. All right. So, but that's four I want, horsemen. I want, I want to circle yeah. back. Yeah, eventually to that for sure. But the four horsemen are the they're the introduction to the great tribulation. Whether Christians go through it or not, uh, that's for I don't know scholars to argue about. But I want to show you Albrecht Dürer, fourteen eighty seven. Okay, let's put that one up. There she is. Oh, wow. German painter. So this obviously looks like a comic book etching. It's really cool, right? Yeah. Um, but he could paint almost photorealism. Mm. So his self-portrait looks like you're looking at a photograph. Oh, my goodness. He painted a famous rabbit that, I mean, you're looking at it. It's like photorealism. Yeah. But this is, this is you know, 15th century. It's, it's just... You know, if he would have, you know, had, you know, the backing that Michelangelo would have had, he, he would probably yeah. have been just as famous. But he did a lot of engravings, so he started cranking these engravings out. And then there's his little symbol down there, his little icon, A with the D inside of it. So if you ever see one of those, don't throw it away. Oh, okay. Because some of, his, some of his, his original engravings Ooh. are big money. Wow. Okay, so we got the four horsemen, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I did a little study on this. But this is a great... It's a great piece on interpretation. Mm-hmm. On actually interpreting the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Because in the scriptures, the four horsemen are released at each consecutive seal. So the first seal's broken and the first horseman comes out. And the second seal's broken and the second horseman comes out, right? And Albert Durer interprets it that they all come out together, riding from the pit of hell or wherever they're coming from. Mm -hmm. But all four of them are coming out. And he's the first one that did this. Wow. So he's the one that interpreted, like, let's put them all together. Let's, so this is an artist's interpretation uh -huh. of what the heck is going on. And he puts them all four horsemen riding out together. And, and, it's and every piece of art after this has done the same exact thing when it comes to the horsemen of the apocalypse. Wow. That's, and see... The power of interpretation. The power and, it, of, and it's even in our, uh, in our uh, collective conscious. Whenever uh -huh. you hear the term, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, I see you see all four of them come yeah. in, you know, whether it's a heavy metal death band or, you know, some horror movie. That's it. And it's all yeah. because of an artist saying, well, how about if I just paint them all together? Yeah. Wow. I think, but I think it's neat that they are. Yeah. Um, you know, and, well, it's, you know, it's like we see the, we see the, the four Gospels as one. Right. But they all, they, they weren't at the same time. Mark was first. Yeah. Who who do you think? And then 
Mark Ma is the, probably the source, right? The, the, he was the source for yeah. Matthew and Luke. Yeah. Well, then, so Matthew and Luke do their thing. You know, 15, 20 years later, John writes his John, gospel. Yeah, just, right. You know, it's almost like uh, it, it's almost like the picture of of um, just before the 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 satellite or the Voyager heads out into open space, runs across Pluto, yeah, and still has something to say. And I think I think that a lot of time had happened, and people were reading a lot of the scripture, a lot of the letters, and they had it. And I think God said to John in all of speaking of Revelation, it says, you know, a lot of years have passed. Yeah. They fifteen years people have been reading Holy Scripture. And a lot of yeah. and I think John, Dad, um Dad, yeah. God said to John, We're not done. There's a there's a piece of the puzzle missing that I want you to write. And it's huge. It was huge. Yeah. I mean, his gospel. Yeah. Some people would it, it, an argument can be made that everything was written on Patmos. Really? Yeah. That his gospel was written there too? Could be. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. I've heard I've heard an well, argument. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know that, either. That's it's I, I got that was fascinating to think about. Yeah. But I mean he's you know, supposedly he's an old man when he wrote this, right? Mm -hmm. In in jail or yeah, he, in well, confinement. It could, it could be it could be that he was um he didn't die on Patmos. He died in Ephesus. Mm -hmm. They he got he got re, um got released. reprieved. Got it. And so he died in the church of Ephesus. Yeah. And so it's um but it's very, very powerful to to dismiss Revelation oh, out yeah. of hand, yeah, I think, is something you can't do because for yeah. some reason, God needed it to be written. Yeah. And he needed to be written, and he needed to be written in the visual language that it needed to be done. It was, it was I think, Revelation, I've said this to you before, I think Revelation is, is a graphic novel. It's a graphic novel. Yeah. I want you to get the pictures. Right. You don't understand the pictures, but I want you to get it. I want you to get the drama of it. Yeah. And and there's great drama in that. Yeah. Why? Because there's great drama going on when this was written to to seven churches. Yeah. In that time, going through hell. Yeah. Succeeding and failing. That's drama. Get yeah. that picture. Yeah. That's yeah. So that's it, my it is that, that I think that's a probably a that was a really good statement like that these churches were going through hell. We missed and that. We missed that. Uh Was the temple destroyed by then? I think so, right? Yeah, 70 talk, AD. Yeah, cuz oh, he's talking yeah, about Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's talking about um Nero could have been involved, right? Yeah, his number and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, the uh, the uh, Colosseum, they were <laughs> was financed by by the gold of of the temple. Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. Okay, yeah, I did know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Dom temple was destroyed. Domitian's uh, because they burned the it, and yeah. the gold melted. 
yeah. out of the rocks, and, and people destroyed it. <sighs> yeah. So uh, let me let me just yeah. circle back to the tribulation. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So you, you made a statement that people were suffering. Yeah. And um, people, and, and to me, to me for us to think that we're the ones that all this is happening to yeah, is an arrogant point of view. I, I agree. Because when Albert Tour painted this, he thought it was happening to him. Uh-huh. Your grandfather yeah, thought it was happening. Thought it was happening to him. Yeah. And and I heard and and so in one sense, I won't I won't jump on any tribulation bandwagon. Yeah. Not pre, not post. If you put a gun to my head, if you put a gun to my head, I'll yeah. I'll go mid to post. But not pre trib. Really? Why? Yeah, I'm curious. Why? I will not do pre trib. Okay. And the reason is, is because um and it all came down to me. I was on staff at a church with a brilliant uh, music director, um, Charles, yeah. and at Crossroads Church. And he's, he's from Indonesia, and he's been a Christian all his life. And Christians in Indonesia are persecuted. They are. So you want to talk about tribulation. There we're yeah. all saying pre-trib, sitting in our yeah, cushy yeah. place in the United right. States. And well, he is. says, we're in tribulation now. Christians are dying. Yeah, they're in they're in tribulation. I heard that, and I said, I will. I, I think, and I'm going to go on record, and you can write me letters <laughs> and whatever. I don't care. I think pre-trib is an arrogant point of view to take. To say that we're special. And that God's there's gonna... something special about us. That they're going. We're going to be saved from the tribulation. Suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> Like everybody around the world is doing, suck it up, you know. And so my my deal is, if I have, uh, Paul puts it best, that I may that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. If if tribulate to go through tribulation for me means I get that much closer to looking like Jesus, then come on, yeah. So be it. Yeah. It's the way it is yeah. for me. I like it. Okay. I think it's. I'm still voting pre-trib. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm still. Gonna, I'm still gonna vote for pre-trib. Go for it. That's fine. <laughs> no, no, you but arrogant so and so. No, but I agree with that because I agree with the sentiment. Like, so I, I don't want a pre-trib just so I can escape persecution when. Like there's there's more Christians being persecuted now than there ever has been. In than history. ever there has been. Uh, there's a story, a real story of, uh, that came out a couple of years ago when ISIS got a hold of those Coptic Christians and cut their heads off. There's 20 of them. Uh huh. So ISIS got these Christians, and they're like, "Recant, or we're gonna chop your head off." And all 20 of them would not renounce their faith. And there was one unfortunate sucker that got stuck in that in that grab, and he wasn't a Christian. So there's 21 of them. And this poor guy was not a Christian, and ISIS nabbed him. And so 
he sees these 20 people get their heads chopped off. And Isis says, will you, you know, are you going to deny Jesus? And he says, not after what I just witnessed, their God is now my God. And they chopped his head off. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, there's something to, uh, there's a power to that. There's a power to martyrdom. And mm -hmm. Now, people, you know, people want, <laughs> martyrdom is placed upon you. Martyr, martyrdom is not a coat you wear. No. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't be flagellating ourselves. No. So no. flagellation is and where you whip yourself because you, you, know, you feel well, guilty. If, and, you know. if no one else will come down and unlock the church, I'll I guess do I'll do it. it. I'll yeah, pay it that price. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I'll pay that. I'll pay the ultimate price. I'll yeah. sacrifice myself. I'll yeah. lay myself down at the no altar. No one's ever done that at my church. I just want to go on the record <laughs> and say that. All right, let me show you another image. Okay. I got a, I got a few. Oh, oh, right. I, oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's a... Um, oh, I forgot his Bruegel? name. Bruegel? Yeah. Bruegel? Yeah, you got it. The elder? Yeah. Wow. Dang, you're good. I like Bruegel. Yeah, it's... So this feels Look like revel this feels like revelation to me. Oh my gosh, it's awesome. Just crazy. Huh? What a you know, some people look at that and say, "What the heck was he smoking?" But the other thing is, what a what a great thing God has shown him, and he just had the ability to execute it in. And look at those fantastic like like in the in the left hand. Um, lower left hand corner, <laughs> those worms or right, things. So oh my gosh! So what? do you think he was on? Was he eating mushrooms when he did this? I or what, you what's know, going I, on? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it, it could be, but he. I think if. I think he maybe have had some uh, very disturbing dreams. Yeah. And I think he's interpreted that. Um. Boy, these boys. Crazy, huh? He's, you know, like it or I know that some people see this image and go, I don't uh, like it. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't know that I would hang it in my house. No. But I would, uh, I sure would love to be able to look at it on, from time to time because it's just a fantastic. Uh, it's busy, it's wonderful, but what. What are some of the images that you are drawn to right away? Uh, well, the angels, of course, and then okay. the really weird ones, of course. But I, I like the delineation between heaven and earth. Yeah. Or heaven and hell or whatever's going on there. Yeah. Um, and like you, I, I like all the colors, and you've yeah. never met a color you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but probably the angels and just the contrast. Yeah. And I, this that phonetic energy that's going on, is is nuts. There, there is there is so much going on. I, I'm attracted. I think it's a, I'm attracted to the butterfly, wings. Yeah, yeah. Right in the center, lower the lower quadrant, mm -hmm. but dead center. Um, that's just.
You know, and and mm, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. You know, but if there was, this was this was the new one. This was a new imagery that. Yeah, and this is also just highlights that the medieval artists had an imagination. They weren't just had great imagination. Yeah, they weren't just painting flat stick figures. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next I kind of saw this in a movie I watched oh. recently. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, not necessarily this picture, but it was... I mean, I look at this, it was reminiscent of of the brand new or the... Oh, you told me about that. Yeah, of the, the new Marvel, Marvel movie that the, came out. The multiverse of madness. Right? Yeah, that's that's this is reminiscent of that. Yeah. What I mean, that borrowed heavily. Yeah. Heavily. William Blake. William Blake? Yeah. William Blake. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the virgins. Yeah. Ten virgins. Yeah, yeah. So that's not Revelation, but that's Jesus and Matthew. No, it is the coming yeah. of the bridegroom. Yeah. That's what I'm preaching on this Sunday, are, oh. the, are the virgins. Uh, Blake is a trip because he's just so psychological. Yeah. I mean, very spiritual. All right, let's go to the next one. Okay, you know this one? Oh, there it is. Ooh. No. Uh, mel melling, Melbling. Uh -huh. uh, this is the last judgment. Oh, my goodness. It's a triptych. Yeah. So the panels all fold in on each other. Uh-huh. And... Let's go back to the, that first. Okay, so they're the patrons. That's, yeah, that's it. So that's the outside panel. Uh -huh. Those are the guys that paid for it. Uh, wealthy banker in Italy commissions a Flemish artist. Okay. Uh, this, will make, this will be an encouragement for you. Yeah. So this artist was one of the richest uh, men in all of Bruges just because of his artwork. He was so sought wow. after. So this piece commissioned was, you know equivalent to $70,000 or something like that. Yeah. That is encouraging. So it gets painted by the Flemish painter uh -huh. and ends up on a ship to Italy to be given to this merchant and it's going to hang in a, uh, um, a guild chapel. So, you know, these new upstarts, bourgeoisie, you know, they have their banking guild and so inside of their banking guild they have a chapel they're going to hang this piece in there so it'd be like uh you know putting a piece of christian artwork at chase bank yeah you know? wow and uh pirates steal it it never made it to the guy and then uh then the uh, templars bought it from the pirates and it ended up in poland and then the what Na a great story! Yeah, then the Nazis stole it, and then uh, then Napoleon no Napoleon stole it, then the Nazis stole it. So it's been around, <laughs> but it's back in Poland. All right, let's open her back up. Yeah, let's do that. All right, so heaven and earth, right? So we've got Jesus, the Judge, he's standing on an orb, which is symbolic of the universe. That's not the earth. That is the universe, that gold ball. Mm. And he has, you know, the symbolism is all over the place. He's got the 12 apostles. 
uh, plus John the Baptist. Mom is in there in the corner, of course. Yeah. And the, the angels are flying around with the instruments of his crucifixion. So we've got the cross, we've got the nails, we've got the, you know, the linen over his face, we've got the whipping post. So all of the symbolism of his um, crucifixion is there. We've got the symbol of his power and authority, the sword, and his victory over death, the lily. And then I forget which guy it is, but one of these 12 is another banker, no, a, a, a politician. Uh-huh. So they painted in a politician maybe for a little extra cash. I don't know. But <laughs> in the lower level, so heaven and earth is separated by a, a, a rainbow. And on earth, well, you've got Michael. The That's arch- Michael. Michael the archangel judging people with a scale. And <laughs> the poor soul that's being... Uh, uh, he's he's falling short in his judgment, uh-huh. so like it's not looking too good for him. Uh, that is that's uh, one of the banker's enemies. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know the exact details, but he had a beef with this guy, so he's gonna paint him into his painting, and like this guy's going to hell. So wow, I mean, in the business world, you just tell people to go to hell. Uh, back then, you just painted them there. That's great. Isn't that great. So uh, right hand is hell yeah and the left hand is Is entering into the kingdom and some of them are on the edge they just barely getting in yeah yeah wow wow just no particular artist but just a uh, image of an angel that oh reminds me of the uh um Seraphim, yeah. yeah. The there are six pairs, yeah, of wings in Isaiah six, yeah. Set doesn't have eyes, all, all over the wings, all over covered the wings. in eyes. Yeah. What a he should paint that. That's are sick. you are you bold enough to paint something like that? Oh sure, oh sure, yeah, oh yeah. heck yeah! I think that's that's very inspiring to me. I love this. I love the symbolism of especially if I'm from Isaiah six is um you know because he 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 describes the the angels yeah describes the heavenly beings six wings um they can go up they can go anywhere yeah okay and they have eyes on their wings and they can see everything they can see all the options available to them they can go anywhere their choice is to Be with stay God. in the presence Holy, of the holy. Lord and worship Him. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Yeah. And calling to one or they're having a conversation about God. That's cool. Love that. I love that too. I never thought of it that we way. We choose to be here. We choose to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Remember a time when we didn't have a choice to go to church as kids? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a choice. Oh my God. Oh. I can't tell you. I think my art career began... In- um, in the pews, in the pews, with your mom pinching the, your side, or no? Well, with the no, I, she was singing in the choir, so uh, I was sitting by myself with my girlfriend at the time and her mom, um, with Janie Peters, and I was tearing apart offering envelopes so yeah. I'd have something to draw on. Yeah, I that's how my career started. I think Luke and Joel have done that a few times, <laughs> that I remember. Okay, next one. Okay, this isn't even... Uh, oh, this is another. This is the Ten Virgins. This is the Ten Virgins. Yeah. And I just like it for its aesthetic. I think it's a modern painter. I should probably give him credit, but I don't know who it is. So okay. maybe I'll put it in the credits. 
Um, I love that. Yeah, it's very um, pre-Raphaelite feeling. Yeah. This, and I mean, that's what a great thing. And I love how the light is on their face. Yeah. And they're looking in different directions, and they seem to be looking for the bridegroom. Yeah. And expecting the bridegroom. Yep. I love that. I hope I look like that. I, I like it too because it's a heavy topic. I mean, we saw the William Blake, which was kind of yeah. creepy. And I'm like, well, it doesn't have to be creepy now, does it? Because this is a beautiful story. And I think this is obviously aesthetically ple pleasing and pretty. And you got the gal. Well, the gal in the back is awake. So th these are the five that are awake. Yeah. They're all awake. Yeah. And they're all waiting for him, expectant. Can you just imagine being there? And then all of a sudden, he's coming. But we're going to talk more about that. Ten virgins again. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. And there's one in the back yeah. saying, I missed out. Yeah. Is that is that is that coloration true? Yeah, it's mannerism. So they, it was kind of weird. But it's the colorization is gorgeous. Yeah. How bright is that? Yeah. Oh man, I All love right. that. Next one. So this one's kind of cool. Uh, no one super well known, but 18th century. Again, the ten virgins. Yeah. So you got, you know, the five on the right with their lit lamps. Yeah. And then uh, the the other five that are sleeping. Yeah. Jesus is looking yoked. It's, and it's really interesting. A couple questions I yeah. have. First of all, um, how come how come Jesus's torso is always undraped? Because uh, I don't know. In all of these, to emphasize his humanity and. I think so. But, you know, this one is obviously a very strong mm -hmm. Jesus. Absolutely. No question. I, again, I think it goes into the interpretation on how we view Jesus, too. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at some crucifixions, you have an, an, a totally inebriated Jesus. Uh-huh. Um, like, even into the modern, um, like, mid-century modern Jesuses. Where there's he's elongated and stretched way down, and you know it looks like a you know an anorexic type of a Jesus. Oh, I painted those. You painted those, yeah. Uh -huh. So that is that's one interpretation. But this painter wants to see a strong, yeah, well, that sexy Jesus. I'm not quite sure what he's trying to say. Yeah, but um, a lot of medieval crucifixions, the the Christ is wearing a crown mm -hmm. on the cross, mm -hmm. and his outstretched arms are uh, static. They're in line with yeah. the cross itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the idea is the idea is, and, and Jesus is, you know, even though they were primitive in their abilities, they're they're drawing muscles on Christ. And the idea is, is that no, he's holding the cross up. The cross isn't holding him up. And that's the cross a, isn't holding him. He's holding the cross. Oh wow! Yeah, he. 
So he's the one he's supporting the cross. The cross, the cross yeah. is not. I think that's a great symbolism. Yeah. yeah. So the other question I have, the um, in the sign of the foolish virgin, virgins, yeah. the first one in the red stretched out, she's gorgeous. Yeah. She's beautiful. I'm I'm wondering if it's like an ex paramour <laughs> that, that he writes. He's painting this beautiful woman and said, you missed out. <laughs> you know, Maybe somebody he knew. Yeah, yeah. somebody I know. I yeah. said, okay, so you treated me bad, you're going to hell. Yeah, <laughs> you probably. I mean, we've already seen that. I, yeah. I don't, I should have, I, I don't have a close-up, a detail of, of the bad version. I do have a detail of, of the good version. Let's look yeah. at that one. And Well, she's beautiful. Yeah, and I just love the posture and the sweetness and the devotion, yeah. the lit lamp. Get your sleeve out of there. <laughs> Keep careful. All right. Do I have any Beautiful. more virgins? There we go. Another oh, one. Wow. Yeah. And look, again, look how it's rendered with yeah. the light coming up. Perfect. And that's that's great. One's asleep and is lit. Since her lamp is out, the one on the left, yeah. she's lit. By the, By light the light of the other one. Yeah. But as soon as she's gone, there's light. Yeah. The her light is gone. All right. Do I have any more? That, two more. Let's take a look. Oh, okay. So I love this one. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? So there's this one, and then there's that uh, uh, Van Eyck, the Adoration of the Lamb. Mm. Uh, that triptych and yeah, yeah, and that dent. you gave yeah. me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, this is cool. This is just cool. And it has it, the seven seals there yeah. that only Jesus can open. Yeah. The, only the Lamb can reveal what's what's. And to I come. love the the, it had the graphic nature of it. Yeah. The graphic design nature of it is great. I love it. That's so cool. Oh man. And then. Christ knocking Behold, on the I door. stand at the door, door knock. knock. At the yeah. end. Yeah, at the very end of it all. At the end of it all. If you open, I will come in and I will eat with mm -hmm. you. And then I like this, of course, because it's very sweet. It, it's not terrifying. No. Like a death metal band cover, like we say, <laughs> or an acid trip. <laughs> yeah. Um, it... Uh, yeah. You know, there is, there is a plethora of end times artwork, uh -huh. plethora, and I, I know I don't I can't I I attempted to do a little bit of research, but I can't give you any solid numbers. But it almost seems that there's more artwork for end times prophecy stuff than there is for the gospels. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, you know they're telling the stories of the gospels and art in the Renaissance, but. Like it, they just kind of go to town when it comes to um, the apocalypse. Yes. So, like, we're kind of fixated on it. Yeah. And, oh, I mean, we love. Yeah. We love those things. We love end times movies. We like and that's post apocalypse. Yeah. Stories. And I, and I made that point in my sermon too. So, okay, you know, we're not painting this stuff right now, but just look at what's going on in Netflix right now. Absolutely. 
So there's something in our book of Eli. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many different. There's so many new ones. That there's you can't, so many you new can't ones. Keep track. Oh my gosh! So obviously, there's a hunger for this. So my my angle on the ten virgins that I'm gonna. I love that. That I'm gonna. So you maybe you can help me write my sermon right now. No. Oh, come on, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm retiring. No. <laughs> I gotta write mine. Uh, okay, so. Again, people are fascinated by end-time prophecy. They want to see the signs. And clearly God has given us signs to look at, right? Because we... Yeah. Here's here's the thing that's significant to me, and I'm, I'm really... Really blessed and touched that you know we are. We talked a lot about the ten virgins. Yeah. In relationship to people, those ten virgins didn't get a sign. That, that's that's kind of my, that's kind of what I'm heading towards. Yeah. yeah. They so, didn't get a sign. Yeah. They they had to wait and be faithful. Uh huh. And and so we have the same problem that the Pharisees had, right? The Pharisees were demanding a sign from uh-huh. Jesus. And Hence, why I don't want to go there. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's that's why I want to teach on it. I think that's something that we should teach because there is a, an axiom that you can you can grow your church with revelation. You can grow your church by teaching revelation, and you can empty your church by teaching Romans. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you can grow your church with okay, we've got we've got the answers for you. We can tell you the future. We got you know we got the magic formula. You start teaching Romans like now maybe you need to get your life together and straighten up and build some character in your life. Once you start applying character to people, then they're like, what? I I just want the magic pill. <laughs> so right, and, and and the the five versions one. Well, yeah. I want to know when the bridegroom's coming so I know how much oil to buy. Right. And and I think that's the mentality of some end-time prophecy-minded yes. people. So I'm going to live my life, but as soon as that temple's built, then I know we're, we're it's on. It's on. So And so you I better know, get ready to go. Right. And, I know when once that one world government is established and once there is a leader over the entire world, well, that's the Antichrist. Then I know that it's going to happen. And I think Jesus teaching on the parable of the ten virgins is that I'm coming at any time. Mm-hmm. Like it's going, you will be, you will be surprised. Mm-hmm. You and I'm. There's no warning. There's no warning. You're I, uh, thief in the thief, night. Thief in the night. Thief in the night. A- and I come like a thief in the night. You know. So I think that you know. Okay. So hypothetically, you know, if a meteor hits the dome of the rock and the Jews build the temple, like that's going to shock a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I better get my house in order. Mm-hmm. I better, I better straighten up and quit lying, cheating, and stealing. I need yeah. to start going to church every Sunday now. Yeah. And that's not Jesus' message. Yeah. You know, those things are, there's a reason why we have revelation. And it is a blessing. It's a great, and, and, and 
hear from me, there is no disparaging and diminishing the power of the book of Revelation. No, absolutely not. But at the same time, there's no diminishing the power of the book of Romans. Right. The book of Colossians. Yeah. The gospel of Luke. The, it is... The power of the Psalms. Yeah. I mean, it is such... I mean, could, we couldn't have the Bible without any of them. It's it, And you couldn't have... A, I mean, it would be completely incomplete if you didn't have Revelation to cap it all every, off. Every... You know, I'm, I am... I am I am more attracted to the artistic nature of the scripture than I am in the scholarly aspect of it. That's fascinating to me. I just because yeah because of the, because of the drama that it it tells. I think that is so healthy. Because I love it because literally you almost need a PhD to understand that book. Oh yeah, yes. So yes. And so what do we do? We turn to people who have studied it, saying, yeah. this is what it means. No. And there's somebody just as smart on the other side of the aisle that says, no, it means this. It means this. So, <laughs> you know, and I see in that, so picture this. So we have, you talked about the two aisles. Picture Jesus coming down. Yeah. And we're trying to listen to each, both sides of the aisle, and he just comes and says, come on, let me, let's, let's talk. And takes it personally yeah. through his spirit and says, this is, this is what I'm trying to say. This is what it means to you. This is what I want to shape in you and for you to become. I want you, you are a powerful, powerful being. Yeah. And you are, you, are, you, are, you are subservient to no one but me. Period. Yeah. yeah. You know, so there you go. There you go. So, Josh. Yes, sir. I, when this was introduced, I, you talk about artist rendering of the book of Revelation. Yeah. Oh, you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I, uh, this was, uh, I did a sermon series with another member of our church at the time who is a New Testament, um, well, he's a, a biblical scholar and he teaches, and we team taught the seven churches. That's cool. And um, when he taught, I painted during the service. When I taught, I had something already painted, and this is this is what I came up with, um, oh, wow. and this is oh, so that's pretty cool. So the you know the imagery of the lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yeah. Um, the bottom at the bottom is is my, a rendering of Patmos. Okay. And and this coming down. You know, as the revelation, as the revelation, and this is a rendering of the seven churches on the seven on the lampstand. Yeah, so each lampstand. Uh huh. And then you have an A, and is that an A that I see? Yeah, that's well. The the lampstand is in the it's Alpha and Omega. Yeah, I am okay. the beginning and the end. <laughs> see, I, I saw it. Yeah, I know be, you did. Be proud of me. I am the yeah, I did, <laughs> and um and so these the the candles represent the seven churches. Uh huh. And um. And the yeah, um, you're really good at prophetic art. What's that? You're really good at prophetic art. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, this is hanging in my mom's house, <laughs> and so every time I FaceTime her, this big lion's it. looking at me. So you're done with it. So you got to be nice to her. Yeah, this is all done. This was done when it was over. Um, and all of these are the churches, and there's the symbols, and just you can have this, and I mean, you look at this and just um, and you see the churches. Um, I, I can't forget totally, but 
There's one, I think the one where there's the dark candle and this little candle, and it says, you think you're wonderful, yeah. but you really are this. Yeah. Um, and you lost your, I think the first candle, it says, um, I know of Ephesus, but you lost your first love. Yeah. And, and then the next one is, um, I, I forget the church, but it's going through persecution, and so you see the stripes. And so all of them have symbol. Uh, the one that the one that um, was sad for me to paint, the one on the end is the one on the end. That and I or? and I on purpose painted it in um, non-chromatic colors, in black and white. Um, the Church of uh, Laodicea, yeah. and. Um, and you get to the place, but because you are, are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. Yeah. And so that drop is symbolizing the saliva of God. Huh. Oh, to, wow. To snuff it out. Yeah. But what I really want to give you is drops of gold, of pure gold. And yeah. I want to rain that. And those that's the juxtaposition. That's cool. It's the smallest of the candles. What's the little stuff in the far left? The branch and the, um, the stars are the, yeah, stars the stars, are the, the branch and and all of that. I've tried to render as much of that as I possibly could um, because it's, it, there was um, the background of it was the descriptions of Christ and the descriptions of what's going on. Um, he's setting the he's setting the table for what's what's happening and then and then came the then he he talks about the different churches and so there's stuff that went on before that but that's that's great and then there's a dragon behind the dragons in there yeah there yeah ultimately i wanted to create Something that triumphant that says, yeah. um, I have this. I have this. Yeah. But the reality is we're not all we're not all what we should be. Yeah. And let me venture to say too that I think I think every church and every person, perhaps at one time or another, has been one of those candles. If not all Absolutely. Of them. I think we all can relate to it. All those. of them, and yeah, you know, and I mean, there are, there are absolute times. Now, usually, when preachers are preaching this, they're thinking some of somebody else. Some they're other thinking church. of somebody else. Yeah, but this was deeply emotional for me. Yeah, it was. It it really was, and I, um, it, it was easy to paint, but it was hard to paint. Huh. Um. You know, and I, I, I look at these churches and especially the ones that aren't aren't what the 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 five, the two little ones. I think my heart breaks yeah. for the bride of Christ. My heart breaks when Jesus has to say, say to a church, "You lost your first love." Yeah. My heart breaks when I hear the words of Jesus say, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold. Yeah. 
I will spew you out of my mouth. <sighs> well, yeah, that, that could be the state of the American church these days. I hope you know, not. I hope not, too. And I, and I hope that... Um, see, if... See if we're if we're concentrating on the end of of Revelation, right? And we're not and we're not first of all folks seeing it through the lens of these seven churches. It doesn't matter. I think, do- I think that's a great thing to to say. I'm gonna steal that. You steal it. I don't care. I heard another artist say that the pinhole to the story of God from Genesis to Revelation uh-huh. is the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. So through that humanity of Jesus and his love and caring for us, and mm. his emotion towards us, so we can, we can read this book differently through, mm-hmm. that, through that pinhole of a lens that no Jesus is he's he's wept for us and that's what you that's what you got going there's on a here. tear in the lion yeah yeah in his right eye you know if we can't read the bible through okay Jesus loves us and he's weeping for us but we can't see that he's hurting with us and for us we read revelation and it's a horror book right mhm he's suffering with us yeah do you have another painting? That's it. That's it? That's my only Revelation painting. All right. So let us leave you with the double meaning. Okay. So we've showed art of Revelation, prophetic art. There's also an art to approaching the book and end times. Mm-hmm. And so I think that both of us would say that don't don't fall prey to dogma mm-hmm. or camps. Let instead of let the book speak. Yes, thank you. Yes, because there's an art to it. Just and like let, I said, I, I read it about every year, and every time there is a, a never another revelation of it mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. It's different. There's an art to it. There is an art to it. You know, sometimes I've got after it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put everything on the timeline. I'm going to try to understand this thing. Other times I'm like, I'm just going to read it raw. And other times I would probably say this past week, I've read it with the perception or the intention of wisdom Mm-hmm. Not knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not after knowledge. I'm not like okay. I got. I can, you know. I got some knowledge now. No, I want. I don't want knowledge. I want wisdom. Mm-hmm. I want. I want the embrace of Thank the book. Thank you. That's I want, it. I want the embrace of the book. So there's an art to that. Uh huh. And so when I'm coming at it, um, I, I just I learned something different this time uh-huh. around. I'm not saying that I didn't. That I'm, that I'm changing my opinion about anything at all. But I'm seeing the narrative differently 
And like my friend said, I'm seeing it through love and not. I think that's not fear. And I think that's that's wonderful and that's beautiful. And I and I am the same way. And we come, I think, because in one sense Jesus says, just drop everything and come to me. Yeah. Drop everything. Come to me. I think the same thing comes with scripture. When you approach scripture, drop everything. Yeah. Drop your expectations. Yeah. Drop what you've heard. Let me speak to you afresh and new. Let me... and Without an agenda. Without an agenda. Yeah. You know, and then there's so many different agendas that we come at it. So there's the self-help book approach, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know... To me, that's the most difficult thing to overcome in Christianity is everything that's out there. I, I do not go to a, I cannot go to a pastor's meeting without some pastor saying, oh, have you read this book? Yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. And I'm like, no, well, you should. No, what I should do is continue to walk with Jesus every day and let his word enrich my life through the, his power and through his grace and through his love. Gee, I wish I wrote that down. But there's that, there's the agendas, right? The agenda. So, you know, God, I, I need to, I need some help, some self-help, so I want to look in the book and see what I can do to become a better person. Yeah. Or, you know, it's an eight ball, right? You mm-hmm. gotta shake this eight ball up and see what God's got to say. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, the guides are there. Yeah. Creating me a clean heart, oh yeah, Lord, yeah. and renew a right spirit within yeah. me. All right, next time, we're going to do The Art of God. The Art of God. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. That'll be a good one. All right. Blessings. Blessings.